0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek.
1: Uh oh. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike?
2: (laughs) Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. We've got a really cool interview with you for you guys tonight. We are talking to Laura Willoughby. Welcome to the show.
3: Um, thank you. Thank you.
2: It's awesome to have you on the show. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Because, you know, we want to find out who is Laura?
3: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So um, I am a writer-producer. And I have a little film festival out in Bedford, Virginia, which is um, at the foot of the Blue Ridge Mountains, um, uh, which is one end of the Appalachian Mountains. And we're going into our fifth year. And uh, we do well, we call it an international film festival because we do end up getting people from all over the world. We have we've been really blessed about that. But, um it's basically a film festival for independent filmmakers, and uh, we appreciate things like uh, silent films, uh, black and white films, uh, quirky kind of you know films. and um yeah, that's what I do.
1: Wow, wow. so uh so yeah, let's uh let's start let's go back to the beginning. How early uh, like when you were a child, how early were you interested in storytelling and film in particular?
3: So um as far back as I can remember <laughs> um but that actually started because my um uh, my mom my uh, and my dad my dad was in the navy so um I was barely a month old when they moved from Virginia to California and um my dad was stationed in uh, San Diego So I was there for like the first 14 years of my life and then my dad uh, retired, but um, he continued to work for the Navy as a civilian, but he went back home uh, to Virginia. And uh, so I spent my high school years in uh, Lynchburg, in Lynchburg, Virginia. But uh, during that whole time, uh, as a baby, my mom had put me into like uh, local commercials and um, you know, like local um little TV shows and some baby modeling stuff. So I I always I like to tease her that, you know, basically I didn't have a choice in it. I was just kind of like it's the only thing I knew <laughs> from the time I was old enough to remember anything. It was uh being on set and being you know, being out. Um and doing stuff, so yeah, so that's how it kind of got started, and I really did. I, I enjoy it even today, I enjoy it. Um, um, I still have a little bit of the acting bug, so I love theater. Uh, I actually toured um, little parts of Europe, uh, Germany, um, Austria, Switzerland, Italy, as Ophelia in um, in Shakespeare and oh, wow. uh, Hamlet. Yeah. So, um, I just love it. So it's, it's still with me, but now I write and produce, uh, which is harder and easier all at the same time.
1: Right. Right. Did you, (laughs) when, even when you were acting, did you have, uh, uh, a sort of urge to get more behind the scenes with, uh, with the films and TV? Yeah. Well,
3: to be honest at first, no, I, I enjoyed, um, you know, I enjoyed especially theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really liked it. And I went on an audition with a friend of mine in, uh, Portland, Maine for, um, the original pet cemetery. And, um, I went out there and we, we were, she and I were auditioning as that, you know, and, uh, they were like, well, you know, you're just, you're a little young, you're a little young. I was barely in my twenties. And, um, So we, you know, got to chatting with the casting directors, and um, the casting director was just kind of like, after a few minutes of of talking and chatting, she was like, "Would you do me a favor?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, of course." And she's like, "I'm going to give you a breakdown of, you know, uh, these roles, and uh, and then I want you to look at some photos." And I was like, "Sure, yeah, not a problem." So I did that. I read the breakdowns, and then she showed me a couple of photos and she was like based on this breakdown who would you stereotypically cast and so I went down the list and picked a few people and she was like wow she's like that's exactly who we as the casting directors picked and so she literally offered me a job right there so I went there auditioning but I left uh, working in the casting department Wow. and I loved it. Yeah. I just absolutely loved it. And then I was referred on to, um, um, to another casting uh, director. And so I trained under uh, Julie Hughes on a couple of films. And um, I was just like, this is great. Like nobody told me that the crew is so much fun <laughs> like, <laughs> and it was like, you know, because when you're an actress, you you know everything is just you know you're mindful of everything, you know, did you eat one too many potato chips today, or you know <laughs> did you um you know did your hair look right if you, is this, that, and that it's just like, oh, so stressful, but I found that when you're with the crew, it is a whole different story.
1: You can eat as many potato chips as you
3: want. You can eat as many. You can just live at the craft service table. Nobody cares <laughs> as long as you do your job. So it was just like, ah, you know, I think I like the crew side of life. And um, so it was a little bit different. And it, it just was not as much stress or pressure. And um, so, yeah, I, I did uh, casting for, well, I still kind of do casting now. I, I cast on a lot of the films that I produced um, so it's been quite a while but uh, yeah I, I uh, switched over to pretty crazy theory was okay here's what I'm going to do I mean, since I'm casting all these other people <laughs> in projects I think if I produce I can cast myself and other people in projects right. I was like yeah that turned out to be a little too much hard work but um, I found <laughs> that I enjoyed I did enjoy the producing part of it. It was fun. Um, You know, you get to pull everything together and you get to, you know, just bring this uh, eclecticness to, um, you know, to to a a script that kind of brings a story to life. And it's just it's awesome and it's fun and it's enjoyable. So so that's why I'm at the moment. That's that's how I got to be um, producing basically and um, yeah I, uh, and and it started as a child and just kind of
1: um, from there,
3: just stayed with me forever
1: yeah. and it's awesome and I, I can't ever mm-hmm. recall uh, actually speaking to anybody from casting before and so I'm really kind of just curious if we could step back for that for a minute just to like what what do you think is a key component to being good at uh, casting, a good casting agent?
3: A good cast, um, just never, ever, ever um, uh, have any preconceived notions about anybody who walks into the room. Um, you know, those little wallflowers can, can, can be incredible actors. And the most I guess, I don't know, um, extroverted person can suck as an actor. Um, sometimes what you find is people, they, it's, it's really interesting in the casting world because, you know, there are people that come to you and they go, oh, you got to cast this guy. You know, I've done 15 films with them and they're great and they're this and they're that. And you get them in the room and they like suck. And it's like, what are you guys talking about? Oh, no, I've known, I I knew his mom and I knew, and we're doing all these. And it's like, wow, you know, but (laughs) have you ever checked the quality of, you know, what's happening here? (laughs) And, and, (laughs) but then you can have people come in and they'll just surprise you. You know, you are, um, you're just kind of blown away with how they can, you can just physically watch them transform from this person. They are into this character that you want them to be. Um, So that's one of the biggest things that I would tell, you know, any actor, any, anybody Uh, casting, you know, is um, it's just, I don't know. It's do your best. It's, it's just, You know, you have to get rid of reality. You have to be able to really pretend. And when you can do that, um, you know, you're spot on. Um, But, yeah, just never have preconceived notions about anybody walking into the room because you can be very
1: surprised by people. That's amazing. That's amazing cuz yeah, I mean, usually we've talked to enough actors to know that yeah, the other side of it, which I'm sure you're aware of cuz being uh, having acting experience is going through the audition process is like the worst, right? So, oh yeah, uh, yeah. So, I would imagine being on the other side of the table, uh but that probably brings its own sort of pressures as well because you know, you have to answer to producers, directors, whatever who's who want who yeah. probably have set things in mind as far as who they want or what they want those uh characters to be played by and then you have to sort of either fill that and then if something else new comes along then you have to convince them that that might work too right
3: exactly and you know what that that is really a very good point (laughs) not to like you know just be facetious at all but sometimes directors and producers don't know what the hell they want (laughs) they think they do they think they know but if you can convince them, you know, look at this person and look at it, look at it this way. Um, you know, so so I always tell actors, just come in and do your best and be nice. Be be a nice guy. Um, I auditioned a, a famous actress and um, she was OK. I mean, you know, she was average. Um, <laughs> I mean, I hate to say this, but there's like a billion of every actor on the planet. You know, sure, if sure. if oh, this sure. one doesn't work out. You know what I mean? Um, There's like a hundred cookie cutter versions of you. So be nice. And she auditioned and later um her sister auditioned. Now her sister was not as technically talented, but her sister was also just incredibly nice. Just, I mean, you know, just polite and nice and willing to take directions and willing to, you know, listen. And um, I actually ended up hiring the sister instead of the, <laughs> the the famous actress because I was like, you know, it's just the attitude. It's the expectation of, you know, I'm the actress. I'll say what's going on, you know. And, and while it is the actress's job to bring this character to life, y- you also have the added pressure of bringing it to life the way the director sees it happening. So it can be kind of tricky, but um, yeah. So the first advice to all actors is just come in and do your best and do your, do your take on it because directors and producers don't always know what they want really. And secondly, just be nice. Like, you know, don't be a dick about things.
1: That that should just be be good advice in general, right?
3: And go, okay, I'll try it this way.
1: Yeah, that should should just be good advice in general, right? Yeah, yeah, just don't be a dick, you know? Right? Uh, Yeah, I'm going
3: to get t shirts. I'm just going to get t shirts printed up. Just throw them out to people. Don't be a dick. Um, uh, Nice. Be (laughs) an
2: actor. Don't be a dick,
1: you know? Exactly. Right? Uh, So, Laura, Talk to us about uh, producing and and some of the successes you've had with it. If people wanted to check out some of the projects you've been involved with uh where what where should they go what should they check out?
3: yeah, so I, I've actually worked on between casting and producing. I've worked on some like studio things and then I kind of landed in independent world and I thought this is really nice now the only difference between the independent world as a producer and being, you know, like casting or producing on a studio thing is uh, the big M word money Um, (laughs) with a studio, you know, with a studio they get the money first and then they hire a director and um, you know, they may have a producer already attached to the project or they'll hire, you know, bring in a producer, bring in a director. And then they start from there and they, um, you know, then they then they go to the talent and then, you know, they kind of go down the line from there. Whereas. uh, When you're in the independent world, you kind of do things backwards. And I, I find it hysterical. So in the independent world, you constantly beg for money and people always come to you and go, well, who's in your movie? who's in your movie and you go, I don't know (laughs) who who can I put in my movie that will make you write a check? (laughs) That's a better question. (laughs) And, um, and they go, well, you got to have attachments. And so you go, okay, well, I've got a director and they go, nah, who cares about the director? Even though the director, like if you're on a studio film, it starts, it's, it's the director's movie. So, so you have to kind of do it a little bass backwards. So they always go, well, you know, who are your actors? You know, Do you have Brad Pitt? Yeah, sure. Everybody's going to get Brad Pitt on a million (laughs) dollar independent film. Yeah, I just called him up and he said, sure, I'd love to do your million dollar movie. And, you know, (laughs) not going to happen. Not going to happen. And then they'll then independent investors will always go, well, do you have an A-lister? Well, you do understand there's like five A-listers on the planet. Right. Now, you know, they're booked uh for like five years in advance if they choose to work at all. So yeah, sure, they're on my roster, and we're gonna make this movie six years from now. No, it's just stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just stop. And yeah. and then what they don't understand is is they go, okay, well, you know, you've got Reese Witherspoon. Okay, so let's just say through a connection of a connection, I got Reese Witherspoon. Awesome. So now this, you know, investor extraordinaire is like, I'm going to write you a check. So we've got, we've got Reese Witherspoon. I'm going to write you a check. Awesome. Now we have to find a director. And then you get a director and they go, um, no, I just don't see Reese Witherspoon in this role at all. So I'm going to go get Anna Ken- uh, Kendrick. And it's like, for f- sake. <laughs> It's like this you know it'll it'll it will take five years to make this movie um because you know everybody wants something, and then you'll find investors who come in and they go, okay, so I'm gonna write you a check and what's your what's your budget again and it's like one million I'll tell you what I'll give you five hundred thousand if you can find somebody else to give you five hundred thousand mm. okay. Not a problem. So, if you will write me a letter saying that you will give me five, you know, 500,000 if I can bring another investor, then I can use that letter to go get an investor. Right. And then they go, no, no, you've got to bring the other 500 first. And it's like, off. Oh, come on. <laughs> like, about know, playing those games with you. Pretty yeah. It's like, why don't you just say, no, thank you. I'm not interested, yeah. you know, instead of kind of like having me chase my tail running around looking for somebody, but you're not going to give me a letter. You want me to bring them first, oh Jesus! It's just like, it's a nightmare you you um you get old really fast and but you get a really super thick skin and then when you run into an investor who says, "Oh, who's your actor?" You just go, "Never mind, you're not the guy for me." What you want are people who are going to say, "Who's your team mm-hmm. you know like if if you really want to talk to an educated investor you know, then you wanna go, hey, who's your cinematographer? <laughs> who's backing up your A D and making this thing look good? You know, and what's it gonna look like? Is it a is it a John Wu film or is it a Sophia Coppola kind of film? Is it Scorsese? You know, what are we looking at? Because, you know, while it's true that moviegoers go, Oh, that's my favorite actor, I'm gonna go see that. Um, they really want to see that it's a well shot film they want to feel something when they come out of that theater and and really that's kind of how we jumped into the film festival is we went you know there are a billion independent filmmakers out here who are really really good at what they do they have an eye they might not have like the finesse of a technique yet but how do they get that you know they don't know all these people, they, they live in Boise, Idaho. They don't live in, you know, New York City or, or Los Angeles. So where, where do they get this skill? So we said, you know what, here's what we'll do. We'll, we'll bring these filmmakers all together via short or feature. We don't care. And for those people that we can kind of recognize have an eye Well, when, when they, you know, when, or when they get a, an honorable mention at our festival, the first thing we do is connect you to people. Um, So our festival is full of workshops. Um, But, you know, our workshops are a little more practical than maybe like if you go to AFM and those are practical. I mean, I'm not saying they're not, but I mean, I think ours are a little more practical because You know, if you go to AFM and it's like how to finance your movie, it's like, well, you go to the head of the studio because, yeah, wink, wink, everybody knows the head of the studio or they go, um, you know, hey, get your agent to set up a meeting. Yeah, wink, wink again. And how did you get that agent? So, you know, you have to you have to have a completed body of work to get an agent. Um, so it's like this is just so ridiculous so we bring these people together and we do workshops so when we say how do you finance your film well we point to Tarantino we point to Kevin Smith we point to Rodriguez uh, the Duplass brothers you know we point to people who just said you know I don't know. What have we got? A turtle in a dirt road. Fine. Okay. That's what we're making our movie about. And <laughs> and that's what you do. You know, you just, you kind of put it together and um, it's okay if you shoot it, you know, two years just on the weekends, just get it done, just shoot it, and get it done, submit it to festivals, let people see you, let people start knowing who you are. So our financing is, you know, well, let's see how we can be creative. What have we got? What can we put together? And um, and that's what we do. And then we do seminars. Uh, Jeremy Miller uh, has been out every year for us. God love him. And um, he does this. um, Oh yeah, he's awesome. And so with Jeremy, um, like he does this thing growing up Hollywood. And so you know we've got every mother on the planet mine included who (laughs) go you know oh i want my kid you know i want them to be you know the next face of gerber the next you know whatever whatever tatum o'neill she you know win an oscar at nine years old and we have people like jeremy miller and we've had other actors come out as well but they come out and they go um yeah so let me tell you what it's really like (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about what really happens you know you've got a nine-year-old working 14-hour days hardly sleeping um yeah they can read because they got to read the script but are the you know can they count can they do math you know is their accountant ripping them off because they can't um you know because they don't know what this contract says or you know so, uh, we have people come out and just kind of like, and we make connections. We make connections to distributors. Our distributors are not universal studios yet, but our distributors are real and, uh, they pick up these projects and they put them out there. You know, they, they get them streaming. They, they can get you a few theaters. They can, you know, do some stuff. So it's not just a film that you made that's showing in your mom's basement. It is a movie.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Have you been have you been with the film festival 5 years since the beginning?
3: We yeah, yeah, yeah. We um my my son's actually started it. Not that they run it, God love them, but um <laughs> they show up. They show up and schmooze and they bring their friends and uh they enjoy it. But yeah, my son's were just like, "You know, we should really put a festival here." And I was like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> like who's going to come to a, a film festival in Bedford, Virginia. I need you guys to think about this. And they're like, "No, no, no, really, <laughs> you wouldn't believe how artisan and boutique and hipster." And I was like, "Yeah, I used to live there like 30 years ago. It's none of those things." And they're like, "No, you haven't been here in a while. You need to come." So I did. I, I kind of stepped into it, and it's been awesome. Our nice. first year, we did great. Like we weren't. We were expecting, you know, three people. Um, and a dog, maybe, (laughs) but, um, but, or a horse. (laughs) That's more like it. Virginia horse horse farm. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but we were really surprised. We had people from all over the state. We had people that, um, we had people that flew in from France, Canada, Ireland. Uh, we had people that flew in from all over the states, um, Texas, California. Uh, plenty of people from virginia
1: That's so awesome.
3: um yeah so we were really surprised and every year now it's just grown it, it just keeps growing
1: is uh now the uh this year it starts on the 1st of july is that correct
3: uh yeah it's it's <laughs> it starts and ends on the
1: 1st. Okay, so um, so it's coming well, okay. up pretty soon is there is there anything is. regarding this year's that uh, in particular that you want to promote and make people aware of
3: Yeah, so this year we are doing kind of an 80s themed little bitty uh, version of autograph signing, (laughs) which is Uh hysterical. Uh, A friend of mine was just like, um, hey, you know, I'm going to introduce you to this guy and um, he's going to, you know, help you do some stuff with the film festival this year. And I was like, cool, I'm always up for that because we do screenings of, you know, of the films that are submitted and then we'll do like one film um, You know, from something else, and they were like, "Well, maybe you could have this person come out or that person come out." And I was like, "And do what?" <laughs> like, <laughs> and they're like, "No, no, sign, like a little autograph signing, celebrity signing." And I was like, "Good God, I can't afford that." <laughs> and they were like, "No, no, this is how you do it." And they they explained to me how, you know, how you do it, how you give people like minimum guarantees and blah blah blah. And I said, "Okay, we'll try it." So it's small, but it's. Um, you know we we've just been oh my goodness flooded with people who are um i mean tickets have just going off to, off the charts so we've got claudia awesome. wells from back to the future yeah carl Gottlieb from jaws he wrote the screenplay for jaws kelly maroney from um night of the comet Eddie dezen from Greece, and a whole bunch of other things um you know, so it's just, um like I say, it's small, but it, and Jeremy Miller, <laughs> like I said, God love him, him and his fiance, Joni, they're just, they're like 1000% behind us every year. Nice. And um yeah. So uh they're going to come out, and they're going to do a couple of hours of signing. And I thought, okay, well, we'll try it. We'll see what happens. And then, you know, like I said, our ticket sales just kept increasing and increasing. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like this might actually this might be something we can actually do next year. And We can bring more people, um, you know, different people, more people. And so that's um, and we can theme it, you know, just celebrity signings. Um, but, yeah, so that that's kind of one of the big things. Uh, Jeremy is doing a celebrity uh, cooking show for us. Uh, we've got another lady coming out. She is um, uh, an army vet and a, a chef from Louisiana. So she'll be coming out to do a cooking show for us. And um, so this year, while I say it's really only a one-day thing, it's it's really more days than that. It's going to be like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then, um, you know, but it's just like small events. And this is right. the first year that we've kind of done it that way yeah and if it goes well then next next year we'll you know we might be a little bigger
1: awesome awesome uh well mike i think uh now that we find out that uh found out what she's uh up and up to let's uh, find out what she's passionate about i think she's ready for the geek seat my man i think she is too but
2: it's interesting because <laughs> you know she's been a casting you know into casting and everything so she might see all through this you know she might just, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> find her way through this and everything so let's check out and we'll see what she she's up to on this one all right laura your first question in the geek seat is what is your favorite geek out
3: moment my favorite geek out moment boy all right let me think let me think um well it is actually not actor related believe it or not although a lot of my stuff is um I geek out over be, being able to go to places like uh, Griffith Park to uh, to the observatory. Um, I am huge into uh, astronomy, not astrology. <laughs> astronomy. <laughs> um, and, There's a difference. Uh, are there a little bit? <laughs> but um, I geek out over being able to go and like look through those telescopes and just listen to the really cool sounds that are going on in space and um you know the stars and the just the whole thing that's definitely what i geek out about
2: that is awesome that is awesome i love going up to the griffith reservatory when i lived out there i was there almost like every other week
3: oh
2: yeah there's just awesome. so much to see and so much to do yeah there. it's pretty cool oh yeah And the views alone, not just the Hollywood sign, but also of L.A. and everything. You could even, on a clear day, you can actually see the ocean.
3: That's (laughs) That's,
2: right. That's far and and few in between, though, in Los Angeles, so it's okay.
3: Yep, yep. (laughs) What was
2: your most disappointing geek out moment?
3: My most disappointing geek out moment. Oh, my gosh. This is really, it's not a cop-out, but I don't think I've had one yet. Um,
2: At least we're not on that list. It's good. It's all (laughs) right. Not yet.
3: (laughs) It's like doing this show. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, No, I really don't think I, you know, it's just, um, I, I like the study of psychology and I like the study of people. And I think that when you understand people, maybe you don't get as disappointed because you just go, eh okay you people know that's people. Just, people okay that's just how they function it's like okay so how do you work around it um so and then i'm trying to think like professionally i don't think i've ever really had any major disappointments personally speaking none yeah so yeah i i'm gonna have to cop out on that one and just be like i haven't had it yet but I'll call you guys when I do. I'll be like, oh,
2: <laughs> we'll be waiting. Trust me. Moment. We'll be let waiting. Me call, for
3: that. Let me call these guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> they will just be sitting waiting, going. I wonder if she's going to call. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> what geeks you
2: out the most? I'm sorry. What geeks you out the most?
3: What geeks me out the most? Um, okay, this is going to be weird. I geek out over people just having a good time and laughing.
0: That's I awesome. Could just sit, that is awesome. Yeah,
3: like I could just sit and watch people having a good time. And I think this is so cool. Like just to, to have people laugh and to, um, you know, to have people be in a position where they're just enjoying themselves, you know, no inhibitions, no worries about you know is someone watching me? am I doing something wrong? am I do- just enjoying themselves, and I just think that is just the sweetest thing ever to see um regardless of age, like I just find it so fascinating
2: that is awesome that is awesome. Let's look at the flip side of that though what turns sure. your geek what turns your geek off
3: mean people I want to punch them. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So don't get on her bad side folks. Just remember
3: that. Yeah, it's just like, you know, I I really when I was younger, I just had such a problem with with my own temper. It took a while to kind of achieve a sense of zen and I'm I'm obviously still working on it, but I have a very deep rooted anger um and I don't know where it comes from. But, you know, it's um it's one of those things where kind of um yeah just just mean people in general and and by mean people, you know I don't mean the exaggerated version of you know someone who's being physically abusive to somebody else while that is on the list, but I'm talking about little things you know, like when you're driving when you go through the drive through of some place and you know they get your order wrong or they you know like the speakers are always messed up and they're like, well, what was that you said and it's like For the 15th time, you know, I want a big Jack with no mayonnaise. I don't know. It's like, Jesus, you know, fix your stupid speaker. Um, But just being mean to people who are doing their job, um, it's kind of out of line. And I know we all do it. I, I, I used to do it a lot and it wasn't aimed at anyone personally. It was just a situation, you know, like I have five minutes to get through this drive through And like, scarf down my food because I've got to be at this at the next meeting or the next, you know, event or the next casting thing or the next whatever, whatever, whatever. And your day can just be so bombarded with so much to do. And you're just thinking, oh my God, I just want, you know, a flipping Big Mac and I just want it without the special sauce. Is that too much in life to ask for? You know, and then you've got this person behind the counter going, what, what an extra sauce? And it's like, oh my God, (laughs) I have three minutes, get it straight. Um, You know, so those kinds of things, you know what I mean? Like it's, and it's not even, I don't even think people are conscious of it. I don't think they're even thinking that they're really angry with the person behind the counter that they've never met before in their life and probably just ruined their entire day. Um, you know it's it's just about you know we we kind of live in our own world, don't we? We live in a place of I need to get my thing done. So I need you to do your thing, and I need you to do it right, so I can go about my thing. And then I realized that ah, really kind of sucks as a philosophy. like calm it down. It's just food. Yes, I did pay for it, and if I'm gonna pay for it, I should get it the way I want it. But at the end of the day, You know, to quote a movie, you know, monks burning themselves in protest because China is oppressing Tibet is a big deal. Me getting a pickle that I don't like on my Big Mac is not (laughs) that big of a deal at the end of the day. Let's put some things into perspective and, you know, let's just kind of create a little bit of um happiness and a little bit of niceness for somebody else during their day. So let's make it about other people. It doesn't have to just be about us in our world. Mm-hmm. And that's Sometimes. why I'll do an interview at 2.30 in the morning or 3. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And we love you for it. We really, really do.
3: No, I was being a pain, wasn't I? I was just like, oh, my God, I was freaking out. What time is it? Oh, my goodness.
2: No, it's all good. All good, man. All good, man. What fictional character would you like to meet the most?
3: Fictional?
1: hmm
3: Fictional character would I like to meet the most? Ooh, I know. I want to meet Dracula.
2: I would suck <laughs>
3: <laughs> It's like, ooh, I would hope so, because then I could live forever. no, um yeah, Dracula. I've been fascinated with vampires since um I was a kid, and I got to watch all the reruns of um Dark Shadows mm, And
2: those I used, that scared characters. me as a kid that scared, yeah,
3: me. you know isn't that weird? It scared most kids. But I was fascinated about, by it. And my mom was just like, there is something demented about you. And I was like, <laughs> yes, I, I've i come to realize this myself. Um, and then I I moved on to like the real Dracula. I read the books. Then I read the history of Vlad the Impaler. It was just like, I have this odd obsession. There's a um, a weird romanticized version of how they portray vampires in movies i just think it's so cool and weird at the same time um my favorite vampire is actually not dracula so i'm going to change my answer now and say it's going to be angel from buffy how could (laughs) i have messed that up i mean david boreanaz is easy to look at so i'm going to be okay with uh with angel (laughs) so yeah. yeah,
2: makes total it. sense to me. Totally makes sense. <laughs> and you know, I know quite a few of the people out there listening will be agreeing with you. <laughs>
1: so,
2: I think that's pretty awesome. That is pretty darn awesome. <laughs> what fictional character would you not like to
1: meet? Oi. I feel like she might say, Angelus.
3: No, I think I would like to meet Angelus. Uh, Isn't that bizarre? (laughs) Okay. I don't think Buffy was having too hard of a time there. I think she was all right at the end of the day. No, I'm just kidding. Um, You know who I would not ever want to run up against, believe it or not? Would be the lady from 101 Dalmatians who wanted to make a coat out of puppies.
2: Oh, Uh, cruel. Cruella de
3: Ville. Cruella de Ville. Yeah. It's like, I wouldn't want to meet her. She's mean. (laughs) She wants to wear puppies. (laughs) What is that about?
2: Exactly. That's that's somebody who just doesn't get it. Nope, nope,
3: nope. (laughs) Nope.
1: Nope,
2: nope, (laughs) nope. What is your favorite geek word? phrase quote or post
3: oh that's i told you these are an interesting one. question yeah that's a good one Especially um
2: catching you at 2 30 in the morning
3: hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> it's like go to sleep <laughs> no um i like there's a couple of phrases that i like actually Uh, one is, and again, this is, um, I first heard it on Buffy from Xander to angel, you know, it's like, I'm right there with you. I just think that's the, it's just, I love that. It's like, I'm right there with you. I get it. I'm, I'm with you. So I kind of geek out over that. I probably say it way too much. Yep. Right there with (laughs) you.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. I like that. I think it's, (laughs) what is your ideal geek occupation?
3: Oh, astronomer or psychologist.
2: Nice. So, you yeah. want to get into the stars or in the people's heads? Got it.
3: Yeah. I want to see the stars in their heads. I want to see what they're thinking. <laughs> what are they doing?
2: Gotcha. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. What geek occupation would you not want to do, though?
3: Ooh. I don't think that I could be, I think I would be totally turned off and not geek out about someone. This is going to sound really weird. Like how, how interesting, um, I don't want to get censored, but anyway, um, those people who embalm bodies.
2: That's oh, sure. Like, mortuary. That's
3: weird. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: No, That's weird. Totally. I actually dated someone who did that for a while.
3: Yeah? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. How interesting was that?
2: Oh, it, the stories she used to tell me and everything were just interesting. And it was like, wow, working with dead bodies, that kind of has kind of like a morbid feel to it. She says, do you want to come see him sometime? And it's like, <gasps> I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Nope. laughs> I don't think nope, I nope, could nope. either.
2: Nope, that was just that took it a step too far. And I wonder why (laughs) that relationship just didn't go anywhere.
3: Oh, goodness.
2: You know, with my luck, I'll end up meeting her in like 30, 40 years from now. Yeah. Uh,
3: Yeah. (laughs) She's probably Uh, listening to the show right now.
2: She says, I'm waiting for you, Michael. I'm Uh waiting for you. Exactly.
3: (laughs) She's like, I know it's you. I'm listening. Mm-hmm. I know ah, you're talking about. Ah, ah. Yeah, exactly. All right, Laura.
2: Are you ready for a final question, the geek seat? Sure. This is for yeah. all the marbles. This is this makes it count for everything.
3: All right. Can I phone a friend? A two th- a th- phone at three o'clock
2: in the morning? Sure. <laughs> I want to see you do that.
3: Right? Exactly. All
2: right. You ready for okay. your question? Yes. What is your ultimate geek
3: fantasy oh oh good one ultimate geek fantasy Mm -hmm. would be wow i really have to think about this um because i think I've, i've i've lived like some really good stuff in my life. So now I have to think of a really good fantasy, um, which probably includes weird things like, you know, rainbows, unicorns, and a vampire. <laughs> I don't know. Do those work? <laughs> Do those go together? <laughs> you could always have
2: angel riding on a unicorn or something like
3: there that. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Um yeah, yeah. And then I'd have to throw like Richard Gere in there somewhere because I've been a fan of his forever, so yeah that would be that would be my strange little fantasy
2: that's pretty darn awesome that is yeah. pretty, darn amazing
3: <laughs> to just live to do to live weird i mean i I would hope that um you know that that I guess you know what maybe I do have a different fantasy i I would want people to think that I were wonderfully weird um <laughs> You know, that they could be happy enough spending time with me um, and go away going, well, that was fun. We should do that again sometime um, as soon as possible. That's my fantasy that people will when they leave and go away from me, that (laughs) that they would be like, that was really fun. We got to do it again. (laughs) I changed my answer.
2: (laughs) No, totally cool. That is awesome. (laughs) Well, Laura, I've got some great news for you. You've made it through the Geeksy. Congratulations!
1: Yes. <laughs>
2: Mr. Mike Gordon, tell the young lady what she's won.
1: You have won a lifetime subscription to the ESO Network, a value easily worth sixty-eight dollars and four cents. I'm not I'm not, sh- I'm not sure what that translates to when you you know in Irish uh, money over there, but uh, you know,
3: about fifty euro.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe I don't know, or maybe a I glass
2: know. of Guinness or something.
1: Uh, right, Laura, Laura, we really appreciate you taking the time on your traveling schedule to join no us, especially worries. late late at night over there. Uh, real quick, where can people go to find out more about the Bedford International Film Festival?
3: Yeah, so hop on over to bedfordfilmfest.com and uh, you can see the events, you can see what's happening. Um, I think you can purchase tickets. I know tickets are on Eventbrite, um, as well. And, um, yeah, just uh, pop over and see what's going on and and um, enjoy. Come out and watch some movies if you're close enough uh, to to be able to do that with us. That would be awesome.
1: Awesome. And, uh, and we'll have a link in the, for that in our show notes. And anything else you want to promote? Any other movies or projects you've got coming out you want to promote?
3: Um, I do have a few things coming out there. Um, um, believe it or not. They are horror comedies, thriller comedies, because, I mean, even slashers should be funny, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I just I don't know how to like put a comedy and a horror film together, but we've done it. And uh, we've done a thriller um, comedy as well that will be coming out. Um, And I will shamelessly plug uh, Murphy Media uh, Distribution, uh, Ray Murphy and Buck Coltmeyer they have just been awesome in working not only with my film festival but with me directly um you know some of my films are they're you know they're a little quirky, they're not quite ed wood quirky <laughs> maybe a little Bowfinger quirky <laughs> but um but they you know uh the boys over at uh, Murphy Media are just so one hundred percent behind us, and uh they're always willing to take a look at anything that we've done um and so, you know, I just I just want to shout out to them and shout out to the people that help with the film festival. There's just so many awesome people who are just behind the scenes and, and you know, behind the scenes, people don't always get um, the kudos that they should be getting because they're the ones who make us all look so good. Mm. Um, so I just want to shout out. Uh, and there's too many to obviously just go name by name. But, um, and then, you know, shout out my kids. Uh, they're awesome. Most of them are in the business, but, um, they're in the film business as well. And they work so hard. I mean, I'm just in awe of them. They're so smart and they're just, um, talented. And it's just like, where did they get this? (laughs) They're just incredible people. So, um, yeah, shout out to those because, um, you know, they just, uh, everybody works so hard. So we're, we're so grateful for them. Awesome. And you guys, thank you so much for letting us shamelessly plug. We really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been great having you on. Certainly as you develop more projects and release more projects and do more film festivals, you are welcome back anytime.
2: Yeah. Anytime uh-huh, you awesome. come back to, you know, promote the next year's festival, the year after, the year after. Oh, we'll wonderful. Be, we'll be here. You know, definitely. That
3: would be That would be great. I really appreciate that. Thank you.
2: Not a problem. Thank you guys so much for joining us, Laura. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back in a minute to close up the show.
0: Welcome to a Geek Girls Take. I'm your host, Angela. And this week, this Geek Girl is talking about Yellow Jackets Season 1. So I'm a bit behind, but I finally got a chance to sit down and watch Yellow Jacket Season 1 after securing a Showtime account for a short time. And let me tell you, this show is so fun, but it is really bonkers. It has its weird light moments, but is very deep, and I wasn't really sure where it was going. It is definitely not a lighthearted show, so know that going in. Yellow Jackets has two timelines going on in the show, the present day and then a timeline set in the late 90s where a high school soccer team plane goes down in the wilderness and the girls from the team are stranded for a little over a year. The present day shows us the lives of the girls now and their interactions with each other. We see how their time as teenagers stranded really affected them as adults and these ladies are rather messed up. Some of them act like they have it together, but they definitely do not. Shauna, one of the main characters, suspects her husband is cheating on her in the show, so she cheats on him, only to think that the guy she is hooking up with is also trying to blackmail all the girls from the team. So she does something very drastic, and the rest of the ladies from the team come in to help her cover it up. The entire show is crazy. There's just so much going on with each character. You don't know quite quite exactly what's going on and all the characters are just that traumatized is there something magical or evil or are they just traumatized and messed up you are really left trying to figure out what happened since in a weird way you're also rooting for these characters and kind of hope nothing bad happens to some of them since a few of them seem rather cool while a few of them mainly Christina Ricci's character Misty are freaking crazy and you don't really know what to think about them. If you have the ability to watch this show and want a good, spooky, crazy drama, then I would highly recommend it. I've really enjoyed it so far, and I can't wait to see the rest of the story that the creators have in store for us, since it's a crazy ride so far. Thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out what are people saying after five years of thunder talk
2: it's offensive and unrelatable if i had a nickel for every episode thunder talks published in five years i'd maybe have three dollars
0: i'm terrified of
2: their woke agenda their unconventional opinions makes me want to watch sports i'm down with it because mark gets the cuss the music is mad cool and we have great guests
0: i suppose it's not all bad thunder talk
2: is proudly tolerated by the eso network So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. As you, as our YouTube people have found out, Laura was calling us from Dublin, Ireland. And she is quite a few hours ahead of us. And it was almost 3.30 in the morning for her. Thank you, Laura, so, so much for being a trooper. And after a day of travel, joining us for
1: tonight. Absolutely.
2: It was awesome. And, you know, she was pretty coherent for 3.30 in the morning. So. That was pretty awesome. It was awesome. So definitely check out her film festival July 1st up in in Southern Virginia. And we'll have a link of, of it up in our show notes. So definitely check it out. Mr. Mike, we've made it through another one, my friend. We
1: did. And as always, it's my pleasure.
2: Anything you want to shout out about?
1: Uh, I do. Uh, we've only got about a, a little over a week left on this one on the Kickstarter from our good friend, uh, James Palmer. He's got a uh, anthology called League of Monsters that's available on uh, Kickstarter. Uh, it is an anthology, as I said, that is uh, about um, pulpy. It's a pulpy-style adventure with uh, monsters uh, fighting monsters, a, a league of monsters getting together to fight monsters, and uh, it's uh, a lot of fun. A lot of great talent is involved with this, besides James. Uh, the award-winning Bobby Nash is actually one of the contributors. And the cover is is beautiful. It is by the award-winning uh, artist Mark Maddox. And uh, so a lot of good friends are involved with this. And it's still, like I said, uh, going strong through Kickstarter. This will happen, because it's already met its goal. So yeah, just go if you want to get a copy of this book. Uh, go to Kickstarter, and there will be a link to that on uh, our show notes, as well as, um, yeah, if you just go to Kickstarter and put in League of Monsters, it'll pull right up.
2: Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, James, I'm so happy to see how well his Kickstarter was doing. And Absolutely, awesome. man. He's
1: like done like about four or five now, I think, and he's knocking it out of the park with all these projects he's doing.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, the cover that Mark designed for him, a couple of the characters actually look like Mark, which is kind of scary. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the point. It's scary, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's You know, anytime <laughs> we see Mark, it's like, Whoa! oh, hey, dude, what's up? Yeah. So it's pretty awesome. But um, my shout out real quick. Um, a lot of people know that I'm a huge historian and I get off watching historical TV shows, watching movies, reading books about history and everything. And our friends at Max, because it's no longer h b o Max as of you know right before the recording date here and um there's an amazing show they have it's about the Watergate Bacons, and it is about it's called the uh, it's called the White House plumbers and it's the story of Howard Hunt and G Gordon liddy, basically, and how they were hired by Nixon and his Henchmen or whatever his cronies, and how they basically arranged to try to break into the Democratic National Con- Headquarters in the Watergate, and they tried four frippin times, and it was an amazing series. It's only five parts, and HBO or Max, as they call it now, is putting it out weekly. So as of today, they've only had three episodes. And so probably by the time this goes live, the fourth one will be out and coming up to the end of it and everything. And the Howard Hunt is played brilliantly by Woody Harrelson. And it's a fun, fun series. And I've actually met G Gordon Liddy a couple of times in real life and they have captured him perfectly, <laughs> literally. And he is portrayed brilliantly in the series and it's neat cuz this is the area i grew up in outside of washington dc and so i knew where all these different places are that they're mentioning and it's just, it's a lot of nostalgia for me and you know i'm old enough to remember the border great hearings as a kid little kid but i remember watching seeing them on tv when i went to relatives houses they were watching the you know the public hearings and everything and it was just it was A very pivotal point in history. So definitely check it out. It's uh, definitely a great series. It's called The White House Plumbers. So please check it out, folks, as we like to say. Thank you, as always, for joining us. We couldn't do this without you, as we always love to say. You know, we are huge fans of you guys at home. And thank you guys for being here for listening to her do interviews like Laura tonight or us last week talking about the Muppets or doing other things and we're about to hop into the heart of summer movie season and we have a lot of reviews coming up and a lot of different tv shows and a lot of different topics so it's going to be kind of fun you know hanging out with you guys so you know Mike and I are prepared for it and it's going to be some fun adventures ahead as we like to say
1: but before we do any new movies and shows, we've got a couple of oldies that we're gonna celebrate anniversaries of, I believe in the next our next couple two weeks.
2: episodes, yep, yeah, our next two episodes are oldie moldy oldies, as we like to say
1: <laughs>
2: so, and it should be a ton of fun, so you know what? As always, thanks for listening to the Air Station One podcast. We couldn't do this without you, like we said. And, you know, if you want to help support us, please go to our Tee Public store where we have the brand new ESO 700 t-shirt. And we also, of course, have, you know what, we have the Darren Noel t-shirt still up there and people are still getting those. And, you know what, any money we make from the Darren Noel t-shirt is all going to charity. It's, you yeah, know. It's going what Darren would want, and it's hard to believe that it's over three months since we've lost him already. And it's feels like we were talking to him yesterday, and it's, it's kind of crazy with that kind of stuff. Time just flies by, and, you know, be thankful for the, all the loved ones and the, your friends you have in your life. It's pretty awesome what you do have because it could be gone just like that. And I just did not wipe out half the universe, so do not worry about that with that snap. So it's very cool. Also remember, if you want to listen to our show before the rest of the world, why not join the ESO Network Patreon? For as little as a dollar a month, you could help support us here at Earth Station One. Check out the Earth Station One Patreon at patreon.com slash network. Want to hear from you, of course, as always, please write us anytime at feedback at herstation1.com. This is the best way for people to let us know what you guys think of the show, where we're going, what we're doing. It's always a great place for you to do it. Or leave feedback up on YouTube, up on Apple, up on, you know, Google or wherever you could listen to the show. I know you can leave feedback, give a thumbs up or, you know, like and subscribe, as we like to say on YouTube. It's pretty cool stuff. And that's also a great way. And we're we're still growing with subscribers up on YouTube. Thank you. Thank you for everyone who's been hanging out on YouTube with us. It's been a fun adventure and it's, you know, only going to get better once we get better at film editing and everything. So we'll be there. It's a good thing. Of course, thank you very much, folks. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon, Laura Willoughby, who is fast asleep, I hope. (laughs) We will see you here next time on Earth Station One. Peace, and we are done. Boom. Bye, guys. You've been listening to the EarthStation Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. EarthStation Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Or up a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up.